What up, all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 162 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I spoke with Leon Logothetis. You might remember him from episode 88, the gentleman from the Netflix series, The Kindness Diaries. In episode one of The Kindness Diaries, Leon drove a yellow motorcycle with a sidecar around the world, relying solely on kindness from others to get him from point A to point B. So that meant getting gas from strangers. That meant getting food from strangers. That meant asking people to take him home and getting a place to sleep throughout his whole journey, which he documented. And you really got to see how genuinely kind people are around the world, how this world is full of kindness and the people who occupy it are genuinely kind, good people. So episode two, Leon took a 50-year-old yellow beetle and drove it from Alaska down to Ushuaia, Argentina. And yet again, he proves just how kind this world is doing the same thing, driving from point A to point B, asking people to help him with gas, help him with food, help him with accommodation. And every single step of the way, he does encounter somebody who will help him out. And it's not every single person he asks is willing to help, but he always does find somebody who opens their doors, opens their heart to him and gives him what he needs in that moment. And I can say from my own experiences traveling the world, that every single step of the way, every single country I've ever been to, I have met more kind people than I've ever met people who wanted to take advantage of me, who wanted to do harm to me. Universally, I think that is true. Now, I haven't been everywhere, so I can't comment on those places I haven't been, but I intuitively think that even in places that the American media sensationalizes as being the most dangerous parts of the world, you will still find open-hearted, kind people wanting to help more than hurt. So that's why this episode and what Leon is doing is so important to me, because I think he does do a good job of showing you through his experiences on the road of what it's like just to stay open and just ask for help when you're in need. It's very uncomfortable for Americans, probably very uncomfortable for other cultures as well. But he shows that when you show your vulnerability and your openness to others, they are willing to lend a hand and help you in your time of need. So please go to Netflix. If you have Netflix, go on YouTube, try to find it, check it out. Kindness Diaries 1 and 2, very worth watching. You'll definitely shed a tear in the Kindness Diaries 2. I know I did. Pretty much every single episode, I had tears running down my face just to see the people who go above and beyond for Leon and just really help him out. It's the most beautiful thing I think you'll ever see. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Leon Logothetis, The Kindness Diaries on Netflix. And if you haven't yet subscribed to Misfits and Rejects, please pull up that phone and hit the subscribe button. Enjoy. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I'm joined by Leon Logothetis. You might remember him from episode 88 when you joined me, and uh, thank you for that. It was nice that you responded to my email and it got you on the show, and we're here to plug season two of the Kindness Diaries. Indeed. Welcome back, dude. What, what episode is this? If I was on 88? You will be on probably like episode 160 or oh, 61. Wow. wow, you've been busy. Busy, yes. <laughs> and capturing a lot of cool, interesting, inspiring oh, cool. content like yours. Cool. Um, 
Season two, you drove from Alaska down to Patagonia. Exactly. Alaska to uh, Ushuaia, Ushuaia in Argentina. Yeah, I watched it. It's incredible. I just cried every single episode. Mm. It's so, like, touches me because I've experienced what you experienced on the road mm. and just bringing back those memories. And I still experience them, but I'm not doing it as hardcore as that where I was, like, hitching around the world. Mm. But, I mean, you really have tapped into something that I think is remarkable. Um, it's a little hard to watch sometimes because I can feel the insecurity I have with asking for help. Mm. I can see that you become more comfortable with it, I think, in season two, mm. maybe than season one. <laughs> I mean, how's, how's it going for you? I mean, can you talk to the audience a little bit about that experience, season two? I mean, you've made big partnerships with Southwest Airlines. Like, yeah. it's going pretty good. Yeah. Kindness is paying off to a it, certain extent. Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, look... You know, season one was kind of, you know, on this yellow motorbike all the way around the world. I'd traveled around the world. I'd traveled before, but never to this degree. And the season two, it was more, I opened up more. I was willing to, like, show myself more. Um, and it was, it, was a, it was a tough, tough journey. It was fun, but it was also sometimes not fun. I mean, you know this. Like, dude, you travel. Yeah. Look painfully hard sometimes, dude. <laughs> I mean, just you in the, in the Alaskan tundra, just like streaming into the side. Like, I mean, I've, I've felt it with my own VW van that we drove from LA to Costa Rica yeah. and just the breakdowns, but the help that was always there, even if yeah. you did have to wait. Yeah. I mean, what was the most frustrating thing for you? I think one of the most frustrating things was I've done this quite a lot. You know, I've done a lot of shows. I've done a lot of travel. Um, and specifically in Alaska and further down, but I remember in Alaska, I would be asking, I was asking myself, why on earth are you doing this to yourself again? Mm -hmm. Like, I, as you know, I was in a car that was 50 years old, had no heating. Outside, it was minus 30. And I was driving from Alaska to Argentina. And I kept saying, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you doing this to yourself? What the hell is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Like, what? Stop. I've had enough. Just go home and stop. But what would always come back is, you're doing this because people are going to be inspired. You're doing this because people's lives will be touched. You're doing this to uh, get other people to go out and live their best lives. And I'd be like, okay, fine, I'll keep going. So it becomes, and, and, and I'm sure this is, you can relate to this with your podcast, it becomes more than just about you. It becomes about the people that are going to listen. It becomes about the people that are going to be inspired. And that, I would imagine, is a part of what keeps you going, which is what kept me going. 100%. I mean, what kind of feedback are you getting? I mean, the personal, like, DMs from people who have said yeah, what? It's just amazing. I mean, I, I got a message from a guy who told me that he was, he's go, he was going to kill himself. And he happened upon the kindness diaries, and he decided that he wasn't going to kill himself, and he was going to make something of his life. I mean, that's not me. That's not me. That's like just like putting a mirror to someone to say, look, there's hope. Mm -hmm. And I'm just the, the vessel for that. Mm -hmm. But the mirror, instead of being like negative, is like this positive thing. Like, oh my God, there's another way to be. And that was, that's just one. I mean, I get messages all the time. Yeah. But I mean, you speak now in front of like 20,000 people at a time. Yeah. And I mean, that was this, quite this serious has like grown to such a thing where it's like, I get almost 20,000 a month. You're like captivating an audience. No, it, was, it was really quite extraordinary. It was, it was always a dream of mine mm -hmm. to like, I wanted to be a soccer player or a rock star mm -hmm. and both of them failed. But then I get, I'm getting the chance to like speak in front of thousands of people and I just spoke in front of 20,000 people 
And what a beautiful thing to be able to do that. And people pay you to like talk about kindness. And I would imagine that you love talking, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't do a podcast. And you get to do that. You get to like go out into the world and share your message of hope and share your message of travel. What a beautiful thing. It is. It is beautiful. I mean, the talking side is nice because I like to engage with people. Mm. I like to hear their stories more than anything, just like yours. A few of the, the, the episodes that caught my attention were the one where you were just gone to Tijuana mm. and you went to the, like, the almost hostel for mm. immigrants who were either going to jump across the border and make their mm. break for it or had to come back. And, and that really touched me. Like this guy was getting ready to put his wetsuit back on. He had just gotten caught the night before and he's going to make a play to go against, try to get back to his family. And I just find it so interesting to watch the perseverance of these people, which I see so many victims around me these days and people complaining, especially, I don't know, I don't want to say in just California, but in America. And to see somebody persevere that much who, I mean, there's plenty of examples of people walking across the Sudan to get to someplace and then they start a life for themselves. It's like mind blowing. How are you feeling with the things that you've persevered with and persevered through to get to where you are now, like, and the road to come? I mean, how many more of these are you going to do where you're like driving just like every second, like, dude, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Even though you know it's going to help people. I mean, I feel like... Is this how you're going to challenge yourself for the rest of your life? Or is this going to be something that you transition to something new with? What, what's on the horizon? There's a limit to what I can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, doing these journeys, you, you, you know, you see it because you, you've traveled. So you watch it and you're like, okay, I know this is difficult. Yes, they've edited it down and it looks smooth, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you know how difficult it is. So there's a limit to what one can do. Um, the next season is uh, Scotland to Singapore. But I don't know how many things I'll do after that. I mean, I'll keep doing what I'm doing, but maybe not push myself up a cliff. Right. I think I've had enough of cliff pushing. But I keep saying that, and then I go and do something insane. It's like a sailor. <laughs> Sailors would, you know, leave back every, for every generation. They leave port. They hit the high seas. It sucks the whole time. They get to port. They're like, I'm never going back out to sea again. And then they do it again yeah. and again. Because there's something alluring about that, it. That is exactly what happens to me. And I'm sure to you, like you go out and you have an adventure, you're like, that's it, it's done. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, fine, I'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Because you get so much out of it. it. You become wiser, you become kinder. You become, it's like the school of life. You know, when you go out and travel the world. And it's just a, a good feeling to be able to come back and see the world with a different perspective, a different eye. The, um, the Scotland to Singapore, that's already been done. You've done no, that? No, no, no. I wish. We have to do it. Okay, and you're going to do it in your little uh, kindness too? Uh, we'll see. Maybe, okay. maybe it'll be a yellow submarine. Okay. It'll actually be easier just to go from the highlands. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I noticed in season two, I felt that you seemed really grounded yeah. in a lot of the situations that I perceived maybe as uncomfortable. Yeah. You seemed very present. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's what you've grown into and you continue 100%. to? 100%. Like, you know, maybe season one I wasn't so grounded mm-hmm. because a lot of things have happened off screen, you know, like, you know, dealing with pain, reading books, therapy, all this kind of stuff. And it grounds you. You become calmer. And then when you get on the road, you can deal with things that most people can't deal with. Like, for example, a couple of weeks ago I was traveling with someone I'm not going to mention their name, but I was traveling with someone. And we were in the 
TSA line, yeah? Mm-hmm. And the person behind us was being very unpleasant, being very rude. Um, and the, per- the person I was with was about to, like, have an argument with them. And I just said, just, just let it go. You talked to that person? To, to my, oh, to okay. the person I was with. I just okay. said, just let it go. Mm-hmm. And we let it go. But it would have been very easy for those two people to have an argument over nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I may have had an argument. Yeah? Yeah. So you go out into the world and you become wiser and calmer and happier and kinder. Seems like though through subjecting yourself to these sort of uncomfortable situations day in and day out, like you do start to acquire a certain calmness because you've been through it before. You know there usually is a solution to it, whether someone's gonna stop, pick you up, pay for your like the tools that like It just, it does, if you subject, that's what I'm noticing with a lot of these uh, self-help gurus or whoever I'm kind of interested in right now, like say the Wim Hof guy who's got his breathing stuff, subject himself to cold Mm. or uh, an MMA fighter who like is just renowned for his skill set on the mat, the jujitsu. And they all seem to come to the same conclusion, which is like, stay calm, Mm. stay present. Mm. There's a way out of this situation, Mm. but they've subjected, they've subjected themselves so many times to it. Now it's easy. It's easy to sit in an ice bath mm. for an hour and a half, mm. breathe through it. It's easy to have some guy wrapped around your neck, choking you out. But it's like, ah, oh, I can't, I recognize this. So the more you do this in Scotland and Singapore, how long is that going to take you? I don't know, maybe four and a half, five months. Four and a half, five months. And I mean, I'm assuming you're not going to do the yellow submarine. So it's no, like, it's, it's going to be, be a motorcycle. It'll probably be a, the car. Look, the car broke down quite a lot, but really nothing like the bike. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the first time it broke down was 3,000 miles after I started, mm-hmm. which is pretty epic because the bike broke down in Vegas. So, you know, it'll probably be the car. And I did a lot of fixing it. I fixed it, mm-hmm. you know, so I, it, it was 50 years old, but I put in a new engine. I did everything I could to make sure it made the journey mm-hmm. and it still kept breaking down. Mm-hmm. But it'll, it'll be the car, no doubt. All right. The, um, the other part I wanted to kind of talk more about and help the audience understand peeling back the layers of the danger aspect in which you decided to, you know, take the team from LA, you courted Southwest Airlines, they agreed to fly you to Costa Rica just because the US travel advisories, all these things were saying like, don't drive, don't drive, yeah. don't drive. And when I was driving up here today to have this conversation with you, I was thinking like, if you and I sat down and really peeled back the layers of the realistic dangers of doing that, what would you say, in your opinion, were the realistic dangers? The danger? biggest danger mm-hmm. was the camera crew. Okay. The biggest danger was I had a yellow VW Beetle, 50 years old, with a camera crew following me. Mm-hmm. So that would have meant that we would have go, go into some of these d- dangerous territories and they wouldn't have known who we are. Who are you? You know, why do you have a camera here? Are you a spy? I mean, whatever it would, would have been. Had it just been me and one person, we would have done it. But it was me and five or six people. And it just, it just didn't, it wasn't worth risking it, right. you know, and it wasn't just like 300 miles, like mm-hmm. it was in Colombia when we went through Colombia, uh, and we had to take precautions there as well. It was uh, a couple, you know, a thousand, two thousand miles. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have arrived in, in towns where we were just shot with a camera. Mm-hmm. We had no security. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have ended well. Well, well, maybe play, it would have. Let's play it out, because this, this is kind of where I think a lot of people's imaginations automatically assume, like, no-go, way yeah. too dangerous. But in my mind, because I have done that drive, yeah. we did it in an old VW pop-top, and you're driving the day, 
less crime happens in the daytime, right? Less people are willing to take that risk. So you have your camera crew behind you, you're moseying through, you come into a town, say, it's daytime and you have cameras, okay? So maybe you perk the interest of some unfriendly people, say. But I would still say that the majority of the people in town are good and would probably help in situations where you could have been threatened. So it's like I told you, see, and probably would have made the same call because you had other people's lives at stake who were there to support you on this series. But I think as I play through that scenario, like I genuinely with wholehearted believe like the danger was so little. It would be like driving through South Central with a camera crew. You do it in the daytime. People are curious. Some people might be like, hey, maybe we could jack those cameras. But ultimately, it was interesting that when you did get to Costa Rica and you had that couple talk about having the gun, you know, pulled out on them. Yeah. Like, did that, was that random? Like, was that a random occurrence? The whole thing is random. Really? Like, we were walking in a market, uh-huh. and they were clearly, you know, they clearly spoke English. So I started talking to them, and I told them that I had decided not to do it, and they told me they did do it, and then they told me the story about the guy pulling a gun on them. Yeah, but they were also camping on a beach, a yeah. deserted beach. Yeah. Like. yeah, I mean, but you never know. I think, oh. I think the thing was we decided that the risk wasn't worth it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just want the audience to really like, before they end all conversation about like trying to attempt certain things, like play it out, you know? Like, Absolutely. And had it just been me and a friend, we would have done it without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. You know, you stay on the main roads, you'll be fine. Totally. I totally agree. So Scotland and Singapore, do you have a timeline when this might happen? Season three? We're working on it next year. Next year. Yeah. So you're going to play out the rest of this year. Yeah. And you just, what, continue to give talks right now? And that's yeah, kind of yeah. And actually, I wrote a new book. Oh, I'm not sure if you're aware. It's called Go Be Kind. Actually, I, should, I, I don't have a copy of it, but uh, it's called Go Be Kind. And uh, it's basically people come up to me and they say, oh, you know, I can't quit my job. I can't go around the world in a yellow motorbike or a yellow car. What, what should I do? And so I created a book where you could do your own kindness adventures. Um, 28 and a half adventures in kindness. Um, and at the end, if you're not happier, you get your money back. 28 and a half. Yes. Why the half? You have to read the books. Okay. Can you give us maybe two? Like yeah. So, adventures? for example, one of the adventures is called Winnie Love. Winnie was my Boston Terrier, who I loved with all my heart. Uh, and I went out into the world and gave you and other human beings the same love I gave Winnie. So, the adventure is to go out into the world and find five people to give Winnie love to. Uh, that's one of the adventures. Um, another adventure is to find a stranger and to take them to coffee. Um, and just connect with them. Because as you know, when you connect to humanity and other human beings, uh, you realize we're just the same. That's awesome, dude. I think those are really good exercises that anybody could utilize. Yeah. Um, why did you take this interview with me in the first place when I reached out and, you know, a year and a half ago? I mean, I just reached out randomly. You're a guy on Netflix whose series I saw, and I just reached out, and, and you said, yep, no worries. Like... And I, to be honest, like not many people do that. I reach out to a lot of people yeah. that I think are interesting and very few ever get back to me even. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, I want to share the message. Uh, and secondly, you've taken the time to reach out to me. So it would be rude of me not to respond. Um, and I just sense that you're doing some good stuff. So why not reply and see what happens? Who knows? I love it. I you appreciate it. Thank you for your time. It's great. Yeah. If you could talk to one audience member out there. Well, first, actually, with the, the Southwest thing, 
I'm curious about that relationship because I know that you your series is on like all this TV screens on Southwest. Yeah, yeah. Is that true? Yeah. And that was just a random phone call yeah, yeah. that said, "Hey, I'm stuck yeah, in yeah, Tijuana." Yeah. Basically. Wow. You know, it took a little bit of time to get them to to do what we needed, but they did. That's so cool, dude. It's pretty epic. Just make the calls. What yeah, the exactly. lesson is? Who just knows? make the call. We like made I did. The, exactly. That's what I was about to say. We called them. They said yes. You called. Uh, you you messaged me. I said yes. Yeah. You know, we messaged many others. They said no. Yeah. One person said yes. That's so rad, dude. If you could talk to one audience member and just inspire them or help them understand what it takes to be kind and, and take that first step out into the world as a kind human being. I would say that kindness is simply helping someone feel less alone. And everyone knows what it's like to feel alone. So take that, empathize with another human being's feelings, and just help them feel less alone. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that it's a win-win. You win, I win, everyone wins with kindness. Why not? Why not do it? Yeah, I love it. Don't dude. lose anything. Check, folks, check it out. Season two of The <laughs> Kindness Diaries. Thank you, Leon. Okay, well, appreciate, appreciate your time, dude. Okay, cool. Awesome, Leon. Thank you so much for coming back on and sharing your season two with us, The Kindness Diaries, season two, Alaska to Ushuaia, Argentina in a 50-year-old yellow VW bug. Super cool, worth watching, folks. Definitely go check it out on Netflix. And again, what Leon's doing is so special to me because I can relate in so many ways throughout the years of traveling that I've done. Every single country I've ever been to has just been full of people that are more willing to help than willing to hurt you or take advantage of you. The world is so full of kindness, so full of beautiful people beautiful people like yourselves, even though sometimes, again, the American media makes everyone think that it's not safe out there, that we shouldn't travel to certain places because every individual on the ground there is going to try to harm you. It's just not the case, folks. That's just not how it is. And I hope these episodes that I bring to you weekly uncover some of those truisms that travelers are finding out around the world and gives you some real news, as they say, from somebody who's actually there on the ground and shed some light on, you know, what's really going on in these places that the American media dub as so dangerous. So thank you so much for listening. I think you all are so very, very beautiful. Please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And I look forward to seeing you next week's episode. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.